award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We're glad you're tuning in. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, it's all about turkeys. Uh, you know, as you know, a lot of you may know, we've done a show on this a couple times, but... Uh, we're seeing a decline in turkeys a little bit in Middle Tennessee, and we've got the, uh, some students from uh, UTK, some uh, grad students, PhD students working on that, and uh, and they're doing a study down there. So we're going to talk about that today, highlight what's been going on, get some updates. It's year four in the study, so uh, it's going to be some interesting topics to talk about. I have Mr. Barry Cross with me today. He's our regional communication coordinator for Region 2. Region 2. Always glad to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. Where you, you know? been? Uh, so I sneak around and do different things. <laughs> hey, can I can I tell the folks about this? We've got a new show coming out. Just mm-hmm. kind of, yeah. uh, what's the word? Test the waters here. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. let people we know. Got, we got yeah. a new show coming out. It's called Tennessee Outdoor Journal. Right. Be watching for it. Barry shot a lot of the stuff that you'll see in that, and uh, it's a it's a great production. Todd Mazars is one of our editors on that. Been putting it together. Uh, you'll hear Don King's voice, uh, the voice of TWRA on there, and uh, be watching for it on YouTube, Facebook. We'll have it out there for you to check it out. And you know, if you if you're lucky enough to be one of those communities where it's going on at a community station, uh, that's where it's going to. So uh, it's just good good educational, informative videos about uh, what we do at the at the wildlife agency. Yep. So. so uh, Appreciate your work on that, Barry, and, and everybody else. So, um, one thing, uh, like I said, today's all about turkey. So, I wanted to let everybody know the 2020 spring turkey quota hunt application period is happening right now, December 11th through January 15th. Uh, and you can apply for uh, that quota hunt through a license agent, a TWRA license agent, a TWRA regional office, or online at gooutdoorstennessee.com. I think the direct uh, link to that would be quotahunt.gooutdoorstennessee.com. And you'll have till 11.59 p.m. Central Time on January 15th to get your applications in. You cannot mail that application. It has to be done at a licensed agent, a regional office, or online at GoOutdoorsTennessee.com. Yeah, so if you want to go on a quota hunt this coming spring, go ahead mm-hmm. and look at the look at the list and uh, make your selection now. Yeah, TNWildlife.org, there's a press release there. It's got all the, the hunt codes, the, the areas, and, and the number of tags available and the dates of those hunts. So check those out. There's also youth hunts available. Uh, winter trout stocking is happening right now. Um, it's a great time to go catch some trout, March the 20th. It's running now through March 20th. So you'll have a pretty good while to chase the trout truck trout truck around and go catch some trout you know we've got a schedule on the website yeah and i encourage everybody to go to that schedule and look at the locations and dates that they're going to be uh releasing fish um of course there's time you don't know what time the truck's going to arrive but if you if if a location is changed or a, a date is changed it'll be updated on that schedule but you can also find the location you can navigate to it through your google maps Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a great time to get out in the winter. You know, like last couple of days we had uh, some 60-degree weather, you know, and you, anybody can get out and fish during that time of year. So, um, yeah. and, and the fish are there for you. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's put and take. It's put and take. We want you to, to go catch them. We want to take them home and, uh, you know, try your culinary 
expertise on them. But yeah, a little lemon uh, pepper trout. Or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't mean you have to keep them. A lot of people like catch and release, and that's fine. But uh, the fish are there for the taking, and and that's what we want people to do. You get seven a day, and uh, they're all any, anywhere from eight to twelve inches. And you know there might be a few bonus fish out there that mm-hmm. uh, will really uh, get your heart pumping. So yeah, some big ones. It's a good opportunity. It's the and the trout the trout schedule subject to change. You know, if we have bad weather some days and you can't get the truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we need to and get those fish released uh we'll make adjustments to that pdf online and we'll also try to get that in- information out through facebook and our social media channels one last thing the sandhill crane festival miss mimi barnes in region three will be happy for them uh you know announcing this it's uh january the 29th or oh it's the 29th annual it's january 18th and 19th Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's held in Birchwood, Tennessee, uh, down in Meigs County at the Hiawassee Refuge. Uh, the community center of the Birchwood schools where a lot of the, the events are happening, but that you can go out to the Hiawassee Refuge at the... Viewing, it's a great opportunity area. to go out and see a bunch of birds. Yeah. I mean, uh, you get a lot of bird watchers out there. You get a lot of people with spotting scopes and all that, but, uh, and uh, you know... I'm not much of a bird watcher, but going out there and seeing thousands of those things get up and fly over you is pretty pretty cool. Yep. So I know Mimi's doing a lot of work with that, and the community's uh, very involved with it. So it, it's a good event. Yep. So a lot of great things happening right now and a lot of ways to get involved. And uh, so let's get to our guests. Miss um, Lindsay Phillips, she's a Ph.D. student uh, at New University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and Roger Shields is with us as well. He's the Turkey Program Coordinator for the agency, and we're glad you all are here. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Yeah. So um, this project that's been going on, it's been going on for three years solid now. We're in our fourth year getting started, and and we're going to get a background on this today. Like I said, we've talked about it some on the show, but let's get a background on it. And Lindsay, let's let's uh, learn about this program and and learn a little bit about you too. I want to I want to know how you got into this field, and uh, but let's start there and and see where we go today. Certainly. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I've growing up as a kid, I was always outside. I grew up on a farm, hunting, fishing with my dad and grandfather, <laughs> you know, from a young age. So awesome. being outside and with, you know, interacting with animals was nothing new for me. So pretty early on, I knew, you know, forestry wildlife was kind of the route I wanted to go. My parents were very surprised when I announced that. My mom was completely shocked. She just said, one day I came back home from from high school and was like, this is it. This is what I'm doing. And we yeah. never looked back. Yeah. Cool. Um, but, yeah, I did my undergrad in uh, wildlife management at Auburn University. Where? Uh, where? where? <laughs> <laughs> is that okay, Auburn University? We'll let it slide this time. <laughs> um, well, it's about to get even better because I went to uh, Texas for my master's and oh, actually no. went to Texas A&M, a sister school of Texas A&M down in uh, Kingsville. Uh, where I worked with white-tailed deer, doing mm-hmm. research on white-tailed deer, and obviously now I'm here at University of Tennessee. There we go. Working with uh, <laughs> wild turkeys. Um, you know, I always knew I liked the big animals and wanted to play with the big ones, the, the, yeah. the large, charismatic animals, and so this project was just perfect for me. Um, the project, kind of like you said, it's a five-year study. Uh, we're looking into you know, this potential population decline in Middle Tennessee. Um, spring harvest numbers, so the number of birds that hunters are harvesting, has really dropped off in that region. So we're trying to see is there something going on in the population that's driving that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we're looking at all aspects of turkey ecology. That's pretty much how I tell landowners, that I, you know, the general public that I talk to. I'm like, if you can think about it with turkeys, Odds are I'm looking into it. It's a really all-encompassing project. Yeah. Um, you know, we're trapping adults. We're monitoring their survival. We're um, 
monitoring nests when the hens go down to incubate nests, how those nests survive. We're trapping poults and we're monitoring the poult survivals. Um, I'm looking at predation rates. I'm looking at disease. Um, we're looking at gobbling chronology. Um, that's something wow. a lot of people don't realize you can do, but I've got these little devices I put out on trees just like game cameras that record gobbling activity. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really kind of all-inclusive. That's the best way I can tell people is if you can think about it, odds are I'm looking into it. That's, that's pretty yeah. cool. Well, now, this, this study all came about because we had a you know, not only were we seeing a decline, but we had an outcry from hunters. And um, what do we hope to find from this study, Roger? I mean, is it is it going to be the answer or is it going to be, uh, well, we don't know. I mean, I, what do we hope that we're going to find? Well, optimistically, you hope you find some, you know, real clear, this is what's going on. But mm -hmm. that's that's the hope. You know, what realistically we might get out of it is some, some guidance in terms of um, management that we could do that would improve the conditions down there and, and help improve the population. Um, you know, she didn't talk about it, but another aspect of the project is doing some hunter surveys to kind of learn about what hunters are, both their satisfaction level and, and kind of what they're willing to, to deal with in terms of maybe regulation change or, you know, just making sure that they're aware of, of um you know, the study and, and the population, how many of them are aware that, you know, numbers have been in decline and, and what does that mean to them? And so, um, yeah, but you know, ultimately we're looking to try and answer that question. Is this decline, um, first of all, is it a true decline? And then is there something we can do to stop it, reverse it, whatever, but, mm -hmm. you know, through, through management that we can either take ourselves or encourage landowners to do yeah i, I was curious I, I'm, I'm curious about this because i mean back back years ago uh 2000 2005 somewhere in there uh, you go down there and turkey hunt and it was a chorus of turkeys if you were down in the hollow it was i mean 360 i mean they were everywhere and uh you know i i know i've never experienced that in in the county i hunt and uh, I, I mean, that was the best place on earth to go kill a turkey. You know, it's just they were everywhere. Um, and I always wondered, you know, when this started, well, maybe it's just a perception or perceived that there's mm -hmm. there's no turkeys anymore because you're not hearing that, but you're still got turkeys. But I hope that's this study, you know, brings whatever it is to light. And and uh, you know, I, I feel like I feel like you got a great start so far. Yeah. You you mentioned down we've mentioned down there and what counties are you working in and you mentioned landowners are you working with private lands or public lands yes so we're working in five counties in south central tennessee and they're bedford giles lawrence murray and wayne counties um, predominantly we work on private lands um, but we do have a few wmas and public lands that we're working on um, but i'd say 90 percent of the work is done on private lands um, and so we interact a lot with the landowners, um, obviously gaining permission to access their property. Mm -hmm. And to date, we have gained access to roughly like 100,000 100, acres of land wow. in those five counties to be able to access to do this project. So kind of like you were mentioning, Barry, like there is this public outcry. All the landowners down there have similar stories to what you just mentioned about hearing all the birds and now really mm -hmm. not seeing or hearing very many anymore. And so they are, they are all concerned. There's there's a big push from that area of Tennessee mm -hmm. to look into this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, explain a little bit of the process. I mean, you don't just go out and 
set up a net and go, okay, the birds will be here. Start whistling Or, for or them. do you? How do you do <laughs> that? Calling for them, bring them in. Huh. No, um, that's not how we do it. Um, in the beginning of the project, we relied pretty heavily on a lot of our wildlife officers in the area to kind of help us, you know, pick out some big landowners, pick out where we knew some birds were located. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really relied on them in the beginning to kind of jumpstart our, you know, locations for our study. Yeah. Um, but since then, you know, we've, we watch the birds. We, they've, they'll all come together in pretty large winter flocks. So we watch the birds all through the winter months and kind of see where they're moving, see what properties they're hanging out on. Um, and then we actually use corn to bait them into a certain location. Mm-hmm. <laughs> corn goes down after deer season, <laughs> comes off the ground before turkey there season. Um, but we do use corn to bait them into one location so that we can use a rocket net, um, which is a big 50 foot by 40 foot net mm-hmm. that we basically launch up over the top of the birds to trap the birds once they're safely on bait. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, uh, what all are you looking at once you get these birds? I know you got to go out there and wrangle them a little bit. And, yes. But are you just, what are you doing? You're not just putting transmitters on all of them. No. So we have certain targets that we try, certain target number of birds that we try to keep with radio tracking devices on them at each of our study sites. So every year we try to maintain about 200 birds across the five counties that we're tracking their daily movements. Um, so usually when we're out trapping, we're kind of looking for certain targets, you know, of males or females, adults versus juveniles. Um, and then once we do shoot the rocket net off and trap the birds, you know, we're taking all the body measurements. We're taking weights. Um, we're taking beard length, spur length measurements. Um, we're taking leg measurements, you know, ages. Um, we're taking blood samples as well as fecal samples for our disease testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then each one of them does get fitted with, like you are mentioning, a radio tracking device as well as a leg band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to do the fecal test. One <laughs> gathering. One <laughs> part of this wasn't fun. One part of this project that is uh, we've, we've kind of changed a little bit. So the first couple of years, uh, we had a, a different grad student on the project. His name mm-hmm. was Vinnie Johnson. Vinnie, yeah. And he mm-hmm. did the first two years of data collection, and he was pretty much using, you know, when she's talking about the uh, the radio transmitters, um, a VHF style. So. Um, it, it was a, a, a transmitter that just sends out a signal, and you've got to go out there with your handheld mm-hmm. antenna and, and find that signal. Um, we started with Lindsay transitioning now into we've been able to get a few um, what we call GPS transmitters that okay. are just like GPS in your car or the handheld GPS. So they're it, collecting it, uh, daily or uh, hourly or whatever the frequency you set up, but they're collecting the data on that device, and then you go and download the data off of wow. it occasionally. So, so it's kind she's of getting evolved. much better. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's she can tell you the, more about it. To the Mallard study that's going on right now, they're using mm-hmm. the GPS yeah. backpacks. Mm-hmm. Cool. So Vinny, the first two years, gathered a lot of information, and and in October, Dr. Bueller came and and spoke to the commission and kind of gave an update. So, how is those first two years different from what you're doing? Uh, or are you focusing on the same size bird, you know, a parent or, or a pole, or what, what was the, what differs with the first two years versus the next two? So really the first two years were just the exact same pretty much as far as the main data collection is what we're still doing now. It's just a continuation on um, into now. Um, so all the data Vinny collected in the first two years, you know, I will continue to use now. Um, we just like, kind of like Roger mentioned, you know, we did change a few things. We, we did start implementing the GPS transmitters um, in year three. So that kind of helps with a little bit of expediting the, the data collection process, Definitely. gives us a little bit more um, finite scale, you know, location movements on those hens that we're putting those on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Jim, can I ask, does that give you like a, like when you're out in your boat and you go all over the lake and it 
Does it do like that? Pretty close, pretty close. Um, I can set those GPS transmitters to take points whenever I want them to. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole point behind us trying to, or using these GPS transmitters was we wanted to see if we could get a much better idea of nesting with the with the hens. Gotcha. Um, there's kind of a, a little bit of an argument with the VHFs that you may miss a few nests here and there that you know may get depredated early on in the nesting phase. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to see if with those GPSs we could pick up those nests a lot earlier. Um, and so during the nesting season, um, which is you know, mid or mid March through pretty much like mid June, mm-hmm. I have those GPS transmitters set to take a point every 45 minutes during daylight time. So I'm getting 45 points or not 45 points, 15 points a day yeah. during yeah. during those those days. So it's it's kind of like what you're talking about with a boat, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I get all these different points that then I can figure out, you know, how she moved, where she moved, and so it's really cool. But, you know, go back to your question about is it is it the same kind of data that we're collecting? Mm-hmm. And it is. Mm-hmm. And she's going to look at some other aspects from what Vinny looked at. But the data collection is the same. But that's by design. We wanted five years of consistent data collection mm-hmm. because year-to-year variation is pretty great. And, and if you look at just a year or two, you might catch it. You know, everybody knows you might have two bad winters, say, or right. two re- well, shoot, this last springs. winter was how much rain did yeah. we get this yeah. past winter? I mean, that yeah. was not a typical year. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to affect things. So we want to have lots of years of data so that hopefully you get some really odd years, some normal years, and then you kind of see really what is going on with the turkey population in all of these various situations. Yeah, those cold, so. wet rains, uh, poults don't do well. And, mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, when when you when uh, we uh, start following them, uh, are the poult information is that as important as the nesting uh, predation? I mean, uh, how much of survival are we getting? I know you got control counties. Are we seeing, uh, or is it too early to tell? Are you seeing much difference between the control counties and the and the counties that you're studying? Yeah. So you know. I get asked a lot of questions like that mm-hmm. with what can you tell us so far? Um, and I mean, truth be told, with research, it takes a while. So I'm always pretty leery to kind of give out too much information. Just so right now, it's just data collection. I mean, I, I guess you're not really looking at what's what. Yeah. You know, we have some ideas from, like he mentioned, like Roger mentioned, Vinny just mm-hmm. completed his master's. And so we have some ideas from some of his analyses. Um, so we have some kind of broad ideas of what we think may be going on. But as far as too nitty-gritty, yeah. uh, you know, we really haven't broken that down very much. Um, you know, this is a, a five-year study as far as field work, but then there is a sixth year at the end where it will just be me in the office chugging away, analyzing all the data, you know, putting everything together, kind of bringing everything together into a big population model to see, you know, what is going on, what what level does, you know, nest success play, what level does pulse success, you know, how does it all fit together? So you're just not going to give us anything. I see. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but to me, this study is interesting just because it. I don't know that there's ever been a study like this done. Has there? That scale, I would say no. I mean, again, typically research, especially you know through universities with a, a master's student, they're two, at most, three years of data collection. And so you're kind of getting a little small window. Mm-hmm. And, and to... To have a project that's five years of data collection, this broad in terms of all the types of information you're collecting, it's pretty unique. Um, you know, it's over a million dollars that the university and the Turkey Federation and our agency and, mm-hmm. and using, um, you know, Pittman-Robertson funds are 
all going into this project and, and looking at things. So it's it's big scale, and yeah, uh, I knew it's it was unique. A, I knew it was a grand scale, and I, it I just I had never heard of a turkey study, you know, that that had this type of information in there because, you know, turkeys they you put them out there and they start multiplying, and I you know when when we started having this decline, uh, it was just fascinating to me that we could go out there and actually track them and try to discover what's causing the problem so um it's interesting you you, you mentioned something there and i thought well let me jump on that there because you were mm-hmm. saying you know you throw birds out there you know we trapped them we threw mm-hmm. them out there and they just survived and, and mm-hmm. reproduced and populations grew well that that is what happened early mm-hmm. on in that restoration phase and and then, you know, at some point, you, you just can't grow forever. And I right. say this all the time. I think last time I was on, I kind of went over this, too. But you can't grow forever. And at some point, you're going to hit that peak and then start coming, you know, either stabilizing. You may drop a little bit. Kind of like a carrying capacity, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, I guess for myself, I'm curious how much of this decline is, is a, an adjustment and how much of it is, you know, we still have some things going on that are serious. And one thing, you know, preliminary results mm-hmm. is what I would turn them as from Vinny's work is that, you know, across the board, it seemed like all of our um, vital rates, you want to call them that, you know, the nesting rate, how many of the hens were attempting to nest, how many of those nests were successful, how many poults were hatched, how many of the poults survived. Across the board, all of the, all of those measurements were down from what they had been back, you know, in the 80s when they were um, mm-hmm. initially doing some research and, and then in other states too. But a lot from those other studies were during that restoration phase. Mm-hmm. So Vinny had also looked at some studies where the, the other studies had reported that they were studying a, a population decline. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the metrics, the, those measurements that they were reporting were very similar to what we're seeing down in those five counties. And so it does suggest that, yeah, this is, you know, something that's a maybe a little correction. more, may, may, well, you know, it's a it's a declining or stabilizing population. So mm-hmm. we're definitely not at that level we were when we were, you know, firing on all cylinders and really just in the heyday, man. Yeah, exactly. Well, I you know, I I, I will say that was uh, an exciting time down there when that was all going on. But um, for me, it, it's just interesting that uh, we've got this and and we're able to. I mean, turkeys are kind of like quail in a sense. I, there's a lot of a lot of animals out there that want to eat them or eat the the, the nests. Is that do we see any of the predation of nests? I know a lot of people ask me about that. Yes, and we certainly do see that. Um, you know, a bird that normally sleeps in a tree at night that's now going to be on the ground for mm-hmm. 28 days sitting on eggs. You know, it's a it's an easy time for them as well as their nest to get picked off. Um, we do see quite a bit of predation on. You know, on the bird itself as well as on the nest. Mm-hmm. And for the for people that don't know, how do you find the bird if it's been predated? How do you know it's been predated? Uh, yeah, there's a way in there. There is. So the tracking devices that we put on the birds, um, if they lay completely still for eight hours, they send out a different signal that we're able to pick up. So then we know that that transmitter sat still that bird's likely dead so then mm-hmm. we'll go in and investigate and see what we can find um i tell people we'd like to play wildlife csi because it's a lot of piecing <laughs> things together and you know look at how feathers were torn out and look at what kind of tracks you can see around yeah, the maybe it's just a late night yeah the one thing that i i want to throw out there is encourage folks that 
this isn't happening all over the state. We're not seeing a decline everywhere, I don't think, because I'm seeing birds on a farm back home where I never saw birds growing up. So um, maybe it is just hitting a, a carrying capacity kind of level and and leveling out. You know, I don't I don't know, but we're going to find out, I guess. Yeah. In these, well, Northern Alabama, they're they're having the same issues, aren't they? I think I've heard them talking about that. So uh, it, there could be something, you know, that I'm hoping Lindsay's going to. I think she will go through the data and sift through and point a finger right at what we're needing to fix. Well, Lindsay, are you a team of one? I mean, we're talking a lot about Lindsay here today, but I'm sure she's got some help in the field, right? Um, so I do. I hire technicians to work under me year-round. Um, so even right now while we're here, I've got two technicians down tracking bird movements right this very minute. So, mm-hmm. so yes. are you hiring local folks to help with that, or are you here? Do you live in Middle Tennessee and, and work on this five days a week? Or? Um, so... Currently, I've been back on campus during the fall semester. I'm back over in Knoxville doing classwork. But come January, I'll be moving back down to to Laurel Hill WMA down in uh, my study sites. And Mm -hmm. that's where I'll be living from January to August. More like seven days a week of working on turkey stuff, sleeping, eating, thinking, dreaming about turkeys. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned you've got people out tracking right now. Mm -hmm. These trackers, how long do the the transmitters last? I mean, they... Do you leave them on for years? or? Yeah, so the transmitters can actually last, um, according to the company, for up to five to seven years. Wow. So once we trap a bird, as long as that bird is, is good at staying alive, we can continue to track you know, that bird. And, and hmm. even if a, you know, a bird dies and we retrieve that transmitter, we can redeploy that transmitter on another bird. Mm-hmm. Wow. What happens if somebody shoots a bird that's got a transmitter on it? As long as it follows the state guidelines, it is legal to harvest our birds during right. season. Okay. Um, but they do have our phone number on them. Um, they don't for get them to keep to, that. <laughs> they get to keep the leg band, um, <laughs> yeah. but not the tracking device. And so there is a phone number on them for, for them to call us. Um, and like I mentioned, too, we're, you know, we're looking at disease down in that region, mm-hmm. um, in that area. And so kind of a little plug there for anybody that's listening. Um, if you harvest a bird within our counties, even if it's not one of my tagged birds, um, we're more than happy to come and get that bird, whatever parts you don't want. We're mm-hmm. more than happy to try to meet you to get that bird because we, you know, just that adds to our sample size for our disease testing. So, you know, like I said, any birds in Bedford, Giles, Lawrence, Murray, and Wayne counties. How would they yeah. get a hold of you? Um, they can either call me or email me. Um, I can. I don't know if y'all want me to <laughs> share you, it now. If you want to, you can. Yeah. If not, we can throw it in the post or whatever. Yeah, but. either way. Um, yeah, feel free to shoot me an email. It's lphill 46 at vols.utk.edu. Okay, awesome. And... I have one more question. I just lost it. Well, I was going to ask Roger. I mean, I got the turkey coordinator standing here. Turkey season's coming up. Any forecast for this year's hunts? Uh, do, you, do you feel good about uh, where we've where we've been over the last couple of years? Well, like Jason was saying, you know, this decline is not happening all across the state, and it's it's interesting. When I looked at the harvest from last year, there were areas that were up, and there were areas that were down, um, and I think it's that that is what you would expect from a stable population. Some years better than others. Um, this past year, pole production wasn't the greatest, so you know we're not probably going to see as many jakes out there on the landscape. But um, from two years ago, there should be some pretty good numbers of two and a half year old birds so that that'll be good for this year mm-hmm. not so good for the next year with the full production we had but okay yeah all good right deal well get out there and enjoy the outdoors uh remember to go to tnwildlife.org get your license and uh, or go outdoors tennessee.com either way get your license and and get outside and enjoy what what there is out there to to get into Lindsay, thank trout. you 
Yeah, winter trout. Winter trout's up, up and uh, and go watch some cranes fly if you can. Sandhill Cranes on January 18th and 19th. Uh, Lindsay, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate all the work you've got going on, and, and uh, thank you, Roger, for all Thanks the work for you do. So, yeah. been, been fun. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, and turkey quota hunts. Don't forget those. Yep, don't forget turkey Sign quota. up today. Sign up. All right. <laughs> we'll see y'all next time on Tennessee Wildcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week. We'll see you then.